Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Manny Diaz of the Miami Hurricanes live in 30 minutes. He's taking his team to Chapel Hill to take on his former boss, Mac Brown, now the head coach of the Tar Heels. Mark Richt will be with us next hour from the ACC Network. And joining us now, I believe he is on his way to a dentist appointment. I am afraid of any symbolism that may be in play as we welcome Darren Gant from NBC Sports and ProFootballTalk.com. I often mention that I am a guest on sports radio even more often than I am a host on sports radio. And I can tell you that there are certain shows I truly, sincerely look forward to. And then there's an occasional show where it's not quite like a dentist trip, but it's just not nearly as much fun. Darren, I hope we're a lot closer to the former than the latter for you as you head to the dentist. Yeah, it was either this or a root canal, Dave. i got to be honest with you, you know. So, feel good about yourself. You've reached a high bar today. Well, thank you very much, Darren Gant. He is on Twitter, at Darren Gant. He is fun on life, sports, and football. Zeke and the Cowboys apparently have come to terms. Is this a development that you believe catapults the Dallas Cowboys onto some sort of upper tier with the Vegas favorites like a Chiefs, Patriots, Saints, Eagles, Rams, etc. No, probably not, but it makes them more interesting, doesn't it? And isn't that the goal if you're Jerry Jones? If you can't be good, you should be interesting. Yeah. You should be always talked about. And that's why I kind of laughed. I mean, when, when the news breaks at 6 a.m. that this is done, the day Jerry Jones just happens to be going to the New York Stock Exchange to ring the bell, it's like, <laughs> sure it is. Of course. He timed this perfectly. He milked this for maximum drama. Zeke's in Cabo. I, I kind of laughed. A, a friend of PFT, Michael Gelkin, used to work for us for a bit, just started at the Dallas Morning News. And one of his first assignments, go to, L- or go to the airport in Dallas and wait for Zeke at Customs. And there were 20 television cameras there. And Gelkin's like, what is going on in my life? This is your life now, Mike. You cover the Cowboys. So, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's part of the show. And I think everybody anticipated you know, for all the talk and all the chatter about this stuff throughout that, um, you know, Zeke was going to get paid. He was going to get paid before the start of the regular season, and he was going to be the most expensive running back in the NFL because he's the most valuable running back in the NFL. You know, I, I think Dallas is good. They are certainly better uh, with him on the field, but without him, they weren't a playoff team, as I think we talked about the other week. And, and so – I just think it was natural that this thing got done in in the time and the manner in which it did. Coming out of every weekend, we play a little game with our statewide audience called Best and Worst of the Weekend, and you take votes from all different sports, and Florida State and Tennessee were college football worst of the weekends, and there's a whole bunch from other corners of the sports universe. And then the Miami Dolphins of the NFL got votes for Worst of the Weekend, from your perspective, have they become the equivalent of an NBA team that is tanking in pursuit of a high lottery pick? Or, or is there some sort of method to the madness in Miami in the short term and the long term? Well, I would be more inclined to believe that there was a method to it if Stephen Ross had shown the capability of executing a well-thought-out plan at any other point in his stewardship of the Dolphins. I mean, that's really low-key been one of the more chaotic franchises in the NFL over the last decade, and I don't trust them. I mean, I still don't completely trust the Browns because of their decades of brownishness. And I won't trust the Dolphins to get this right until Stephen Ross finally, you know, has competent people executing a well-thought-out plan. So 
I, I am generally inclined to uh, like the idea of Brian Flores. I wasn't crazy about the Kenny Seals, Jay-Z stuff in practice. That seemed like unnecessarily poking the bear uh, just because you could. And I, I wasn't crazy about that. But I think in general I like his story. I like his presence. I like his, you know, what he's learned, even though the New England coaching tree hasn't always worked out so well. There's something about this guy that you want to trust. Um, you know, I don't feel as confident in their front office based on moves they've made in the past, but, you know, we'll see. If it works out, they've certainly got a lot of capital. I think 12 picks in next year's draft uh, plus an extra first-rounder in 2021. So, And those should all be high picks because they are going – I mean, even if they hadn't traded Laramie Tunzel and Kenny Steeles, this is going to be a bad football team. And so the high, picking high in next year's draft was going to be organic. So I, I think what they've done is just, you know, sap the joy out of an entire year. I mean, the guys I feel really bad for uh, are guys on that team who are good players, like Xavier Howard, Kim Grant, who just signed long-term contracts, who are now stuck on what's going to be a wretched exercise and just get me to January healthy. When you think of either major preseason injuries, Derwin James and otherwise, or I guess it's a very dwindling list of remaining holdouts. What should NFL fans be reminded of with the Packers and the Bears taking the field tomorrow night? I mean, I imagine Zeke, if he were still holding out, would, would be among the leaders on that short list. But now that he has signed, are we talking about like Derwin James and Melvin Gordon, both with the Chargers being two of the, you know, the biggest items worth reminding NFL fans of on a league-wide basis? Yeah, I, I think that's pretty good. Uh, I think, uh, you know, locally people ought to be, you know, I, I'm on a little crusade this summer about the complete and utter worthlessness of preseason football. And, and Panthers fans here in my town are, are fortunate that Cam Newton was well, but they were a heartbeat away from their season being over uh, for a meaningless 11 snaps in August. So I, I think, you know, it's this is going to get lost after tomorrow night but it's one more time for me to bang on this drum and i'm the one holding the stick so i get to bang it um it's just completely pointless it's horrible that fans have to pay full price for that stuff it's horrible that players have to play in something that they don't want to be involved in and the nfl's got to figure out a way to get rid of at least half that inventory uh whether it costs them a little revenue or not the Carolina Panthers are entering their 25th season. They've still never had back-to-back -back winning campaigns. And their all-time record, Darren, is 199 wins, 201 losses, and a tie, which comes out to a 49.8% winning percentage over 24 years. That is the definition of middling and ordinary, et cetera. And now the 2019 Panthers – whether I see the offenses of this league ranked 1 through 32 or special teams or defense or whatever, in the power rankings, they're like 15th, 16th, 17th in virtually everything. Are they truly, you know, the personification of the mean in the NFL? Or do you see enough special things that you would predict a playoff trip for these Panthers? They, they are perfect citizens of the NFL, always Sort of interesting, never terrible with a few exceptions over 25 years. Never, you know, occasionally interesting and good. So just enough to keep everything balanced out and keep people buying the merchandise. Um, I, I do think, and, and I'll be honest, when we sent in our predictions for the season, I think they're a playoff team. Yeah. I, I like what they did this offseason. I mean, when you 
when you look at, you know, it's a tough transition to go from the Julius Peppers, Ryan Khalil's, Thomas Davis's of the world, but to come back strong and, and go out and make a statement by signing Matt Paradis in free agency, by signing Gerald McCoy late because, hey, we need an interior uh, rusher. We need somebody to play in this new defense to make the strong play to get Brian Burns, who I think is going to be really good. I, I just think they're setting up to be a good team uh, for this year and, and maybe a couple years in a row. Now, it's not been their pattern to be good two years in a row. One of these years, it's probably inevitable that they'll somebody will get hurt and they'll go seven and nine. But I, I think because it's an odd year also, this is the time when they normally do this and they bounce back well. And I, I think they're set up to succeed. If you look at their first 22, that's as good a, a collection of starters as anybody's got in the NFL. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I think you really have to be reaching. We were talking locally here the other day about what are the big questions. And I said their questions are they've got um, what amounts to a rookie kicker and no experience whatsoever at backup quarterback. But guess what? Those are first world problems. Relative to the NFL, I think you are right. His name is Darren Gant. On Twitter, he is at Darren Gant. Online, NBCSports.com and ProFootballTalk.com. The regular season is almost here. Good luck at the dentist. I hope we provided uh, a good fluffer for you as you headed into that paint. You know, if they've got Novocaine. Even if this went poorly, I was going to be a good day. <laughs> well done. Darren Gant on the David Glenn Show, one of our favorites on the National Football League and even some other things off the field. Manny Diaz is the first-year head coach of the Miami Hurricanes. He made quite the name for himself as a defensive coordinator on that, before that, rather. Remember when he helped Chuck Amato on the recruiting trail and as a defensive assistant when Coach Amato was building the Wolfpack into some special, successful teams in the early 2000s. Manny Diaz is back in the triangle. He is on the other sideline as he takes on his former employer, Mac Brown. It will be the Longhorns' former head coach against the Longhorns' former defensive coordinator. Mac Brown against Manny Diaz, Tar Heels against Hurricanes, Coastal Division chaos. That clash is Saturday night in Chapel Hill. Manny Diaz live in about 20 minutes. Mark Richt of the ACC Network knows Miami really, really well because that's his alma mater, and he was the head coach there the last three seasons. He knows Manny Diaz really well because that was his defensive coordinator with the Canes. Coach Richt, third hour. Manny Diaz live in about 20 minutes. Mac Brown, of course, dropped by our airwaves yesterday. If you missed that on the front side, you can always go to accsports.com or find our daily hourly podcasts by following us at David Glenn Show on Twitter. 1-800-849-2761. Those great guests are later. We're back to NFL Picks Challenge Day. We do this only one day a year. You can email, you can tweet, or you can call. You must give us today and today only your Super Bowl matchup. Who beats whom in the big game? Tell us the score in case we need a tiebreaker. Tell us the Panthers' regular season record, as most are predicting mediocrity for the team here in our state. And then give us a surprise team, as long as it's not the Vegas favorites like Chiefs, Patriots, Chargers in the AFC or Saints, Eagles, Rams in the NFC. The other 26 teams are available for your consideration. Super Bowl matchup, surprise team, Panthers' regular season record. 
If you go three for three with distinction, you could be this year's grand prize winner. We take entries today and today only. Two great guests later, your phone calls on the NFL Picks Challenge and the college football question of the day. What team in college football made you change your opinion the most, for better or for worse, in week zero or week one? I'll give more of my answers. We'll take more of yours at 1-800-849-2761. Next on the David Glenn Show. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo You and Agriculture You. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. to the David Glenn Show, Manny Diaz of the Miami Hurricanes, a preseason favorite for many in that chaotic coastal division. He's taken his Canes to Chapel Hill. He's taken on his old employer, Mac Brown. They were together with the Texas Longhorns for a while. Canes dropped their opener against Florida in Orlando, but are considered by Mac Brown and many others one of the most talented teams in the ACC, not named the Clemson Tigers. Coach Diaz live in a little more than 10 minutes. Mark Richt Next hour from the ACC Network, Logan and Ron and others want in either on our question of the day for college football fans or our one and only NFL Picks Challenge Day. We only accept your entries today. The grand prize winner gets more than $1,000 worth of prizes and gets to pick his or her prizes from our expansive prize closet. It can be tickets it can be something from one of our major sponsors continental tire sport clips among others you can jump in feed yourself from the dg show prize closet that's usually in the form of gift cards not actual food that would go bad after a while you can be next with the nfl picks challenge at 1-800-849-2761 enter on twitter at david glenn show make sure you tag us Enter by email, davidglenshow at gmail.com, or enter right now. Any ties go in favor of phone callers, 1-800-849-2761. You have to give us basically three things. Your Super Bowl matchup, including the winner and a final score in case we need it as a tiebreaker. The Panthers' regular season record. And then a surprise team. As long as you do not pick the six Vegas favorites, Chiefs, Patriots, Chargers, Saints, Eagles, Rams. You can have anybody else in the NFL as your surprise team. We're seeking the best season among those other 26, if you will. In case you were wondering, Vegas has the lowest expectations for these eight teams. This is one quarter of the National Football League. Are you ready? Darren Vaught, you step in for my statewide audience. We'll get Ron's picks, Logan's picks, and your picks. Do you have medium, much less high expectations for any of these eight now, we're trying to help people by leaving them so many options for their surprise team. I'd advise against making any of these your surprise team. These are the Vegas bottom eight. Again, that is a full quarter of the NFL's teams. Bills, Lions, Raiders, Bucks, Cardinals, Bengals, Redskins, Dolphins. You see anybody in there you like? Not, not really. I can. You could sell me on the Bills, and as a matter of fact, was it Mick Mixon, voice yes. of the Panthers, yesterday? He said he likes. Oh no, the, he said he likes the Colts. He, he likes the he Colts, but the Bills I as think well. Zoke said the Bills, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, one, one of them. So I've heard someone that I trust say that he thinks the Bills are or could be good and could have sort of a breakout season. So that's maybe the one you could sell me on of those eight. Mick is definitely on the Jacoby Brissett 
trade for the retiring Andrew Luck is not going to automatically derail the Colts' season. I happen to see it as a bigger deal than Mick does, but that was one of his pieces of preseason prognostication advice. And we know the Bills fairly well. Anybody who's followed Sean McDermott's career knows that he was a brilliant defensive coordinator for the Panthers and otherwise. They've had good defenses there. In fact, if you force me to pick one of the eight right there that I listed, the, the lowest expectations in the eyes of Vegas – I'm not going near teams like Washington or (laughs) Tampa or the Dolphins, and I don't like the Raiders either. The Bills probably would be my default position from those bottom eight. I have a feeling most of our voters, our entries in today's picks challenge, will go for somebody higher up the ladder, and I think that's probably a good idea. Your Super Bowl matchup, winner and score, the Panthers' regular season record, and who is your surprise team from somewhere outside that preseason top six? Ron and Kerry is next on the David Glenn Show. Welcome to the program. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm doing great, Ron. Let's win you some prizes, man. Who's your Super Bowl pick, and who's going to win by what score? Let's go with a uh, Patriots and Cowboys. Keep it all patriotic, right? All right. And, uh, yeah. Cowboys win. Let's go 45-35. All right. You're the first with that combo so far today. Uh, what's the Panthers' regular season record going to be? 7-9. and nine. And your surprise team from outside that uh, top six. Well, uh, since I picked the Cowboys, let's go with that yeah. as a surprise. <laughs> that would be logical. Yes, very well done. Ron and Kerry, let me try Eric and Nightdale. He seems like a winner in many ways. Eric, go ahead with your 2019 NFL Picks Challenge selections. Hey, D- hey, D.J., how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Good to have you with us. Good. Hope you win a big prize here. I'm going to go Pittsburgh and Minnesota. Pittsburgh winning 28, 25. Okay. Panthers are going to go 6-10, and, and I'm going to go against you. Buccaneers, Buccaneers are going to be the surprise team. All right. Hey, I've been wrong many times before. I don't blame you. Good luck to the Buccaneers. The Glenn family members who do not root for the Eagles or the Panthers, given our North Carolina roots here for 30 years, all root for the Buccaneers. Like way back when, everybody knows it's like a cliche, right? People in the Northeast, if they're not invading our great state, Darren, the darn Yankees, everywhere you look, Carey and North Raleigh, man, you can barely throw a football at the Continental Tire Toss without hitting a Yankee somewhere. The cliche is people in the Northeast, you know, they invade us here in the South, but they often end up in no income tax Florida. Well, the Glenn family in this way fits the cliche to a T, man. (laughs) My grandparents on my dad's side moved there like, I don't know, 50 years ago, seriously. And then one by one, their children, my aunts and uncles, moved to Florida as well. Most of them settled in the Tampa, St. Pete area or other parts of that Gulf of Mexico side of things, the west coast of the Sunshine State. So it's Buccaneers, Eagles, and then we're just like this little satellite branch of the family here in North Carolina. We do wear our Panthers gear from time to time. 1-800-849-2761. That's one of the reasons I follow the Buccaneers, because my relatives forced me to follow the Buccaneers, and they're convinced that Bruce Arians, after years of mostly miserable results in Tampa, they're they're kind of the stepchild of the NFC South, right? I mean, everybody likes the Saints this year. Some people believe Dan Quinn could go either way with the Falcons. He's even listed fourth on the Las Vegas hot seat list. The one I gave you earlier, 
most likely to f be the first coach to leave his post voluntarily or otherwise. Jay Gruden of Washington is 4-1 to one odds. Pat Shermer of the Giants, 7-1. to one. Doug Marone of the Jaguars, 9-1. to one. And tied for fourth was Dan Quinn of the Falcons. And I hadn't thought of it that way because the guy's been to the playoffs twice in, twice in his four years with Atlanta. I mean, that's not a horrible track record. Ron Rivera's been four times in his eight years. So that's half the time as well. If you're Ron Rivera and you missed last year and you're under a new owner, well, yeah, in your ninth season, there's going to be demands. You're going to be inching closer to the hot spotlight. Dan Quinn, after four years under the owner, Mark, uh, Arthur Blank, I don't know. I don't see him as a hot seat coach. I do see how they list and why they list Gruden and Shermer and Marone. Bill, Bill O'Brien of the Texans, by the way, is the other hot seat coach in the eyes of Vegas. This is his sixth year with the Texans. And whereas they have made the playoffs, I think three of the first five years, he's roughly a 500 coach as an NFL head coach, Bill O'Brien of the Houston Texans. 1-800-849-2761. Let's go to Logan in Durham. He is he or she is next on the David Glenn Show. You, go ahead, Logan. What's up, DG? I'm doing I've great. I've got the, uh, the Saints and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Okay. I've got the Chiefs 35 to 31. All right. I think the Panthers are going 10 and 6. Okay. And you can never count out Big Ben. All right, we'll go with the Steelers as the surprise team. Feels weird to even call Pittsburgh a surprise team, doesn't it? I get, but that's not a bad combination of bets. Saints, Chiefs, Panthers at 10 and 6. With good health, I believe the Panthers can be 10 and 6. I really do. This is what makes the NFL so hard to predict, man couple of wrong injuries to the wrong guys early enough in the season. The Panthers could be 6-10. and 10. Most of the key players stay healthy. I do believe the Panthers could be 10-6. and six. Seriously. That's just the swing of the pendulum for those teams that make up the midsection of the NFL. And, and I do believe the Panthers are accurately described as a team not like the super heavyweights, but absolutely nowhere near the cast-offs that I was describing earlier – Dolphins, Redskins, Bengals, Cardinals, Bucks, Raiders, Lions, etc. 1-800-849-2761. Manny Diaz of the Miami Hurricanes will join us on the other side. He helped make the turnover chain famous. Have you ever seen that glitzy thing on the sidelines in Carl Gables or otherwise? He's actually the son of a former mayor of Miami. He has made a name for himself as an outstanding defensive coordinator, and now the 45-year-old has his first shot as a head coach. He is in year one as the leader of the Miami Hurricanes after that promotion, sort of, from defensive coordinator. He did work for Chuck Amato in Raleigh for quite some time. He did work under Mac Brown at Texas for almost three years before being fired by Mac. We got Mac's version of that story on our show yesterday when he joined us, Manny Diaz of the Canes, next on the David Glenn Show. I don't want those damn dookies rooting for us. They've hated all year long. Let them go right on hate. If the situation were reversed, I would hope they would lose by 100. You're in fantasy land if you ever think NC State's going to make it back to the national championship game. So just forget that right now. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Keeping the peace in NC on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. You all know we're bringing our big tailgate tour statewide carnival to the Miami UNC game. Mac Brown kind enough to join us from the Tar Heels side of that equation on yesterday's show. 
Manny Diaz, first-year head coach of the Miami Hurricanes, kind enough to represent the U on today's show. Mark Richt will be later from the ACC Network. Manny Diaz is now. He is the first-year head coach of the Canes. We missed him at ACC kickoff in Charlotte. That was our fault, not his. Coach, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you on. I lived in Miami for a while, and I remember your dad as the mayor of Miami. Since you are in a leadership position of a different kind, uh, how do you describe the most important thing or things you learned from dad, the former mayor, when it comes to leadership in the college football world? Uh, well, it's funny because when he was mayor, I was living in Raleigh uh, at that time. <laughs> That's but right. It was... It, 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 um, it's been a great model for me um, that you have to set a vision. You have to be true to your vision. Um, you know, even at times when, when there might be evidence to, to maybe panic or waver. And because people want to follow people who have a very uh, concise vision and have a, have a, a clear way of how to achieve it. Uh, and then you have to be able to handle the external, you know, criticism that comes with the job, you know, I mean, whether that's in politics or football coaches, generally the one thing, the, the one thing both of those jobs have in common is pretty much everybody thinks they can do it better than the person <laughs> who's currently holding the job. So, um, so it takes, it, you, you have to have a little bit of a thick skin and, and, uh, and understand that that's part of what comes with the profession. With that in mind, uh, we talked with coach Richt and he's like, man, you could chart my popularity in the eyes of my own alma mater, Miami. And I was so popular when I was that guy with the Georgia Bulldogs and yet, you know, of course, when he was there in Carl Gables, they loved him sometimes. They were tough on him at other times. How has that gone for you, Coach? Because best I remember, when you were this hot up-and-coming defensive coordinator, you know, masterminding the glitzy turnover chain and great numbers uh, for the Hurricanes, everybody loved Manny Diaz. How, how did that contrast with, you know, the aftermath of losing to Florida in your season opener? Well, I think any any coach would tell you the same thing, and this is almost along along lines we just spoke about with any leadership position. If if you're the type of person that's sticking your head out the window to try to figure out, you know, what what the the court of public opinion is saying, you're not going to last very long. True. Um, and that's and that's the idea of of understanding that, you know, whether you're us and whether you're you're back at UNC or or anybody right now, you're just trying to get your team uh, to become the best version of itself. And you know, and that's that's a season long process. So you know. You know, what, what, like, what, like I said, we don't, we have a scoreboard every week, so we don't have to do, uh, we don't have to do polling ratings, you yeah. know, like you do in politics. We, we have a pretty good idea where we stand. Manny Diaz is with us, the Miami head coach. He's on Twitter at coach underscore Manny Diaz. When I lived in Hollywood, Florida, way back, uh, Miami had that, you know, I guess it wasn't a five-time national champion labeled quite yet, but, you know, the, the Jimmy Johnson stuff, the Howard Schnellenberger stuff that you, you know so well. I've seen you use the hashtag TNM on social media representing the new Miami, but I've heard you say that it's not like you're just flushing the old Miami. So what does the new Miami keep about the old Miami, but also while modernizing it, I assume? Correct. Well, Miami won for for simple reasons. They they they, they got r really really good players. Uh, a lot of times that were not highly regarded by the recruiting services, um, and then they just went to work at, on these practice fields and 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 their level of competition and their work ethic and the way that they competed and everything they did during the off season um, and that competitive spirit it, it translated into the games. And that's why you, when you watch Miami play, they just you know, the confidence that they played with, that's where it came from. 
So there's no there's no secret to it. So you can't you can't seek the swagger first, right? It, it doesn't it doesn't work that way. You 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 have to understand all of the the work that went into those teams playing with the confidence that they played with. And again, what gives you confidence? Being prepared gives you confidence in anything, whether it's you know. You know, if you're a school-age kid and you're going in to take a test, if you know if you study the test, if you know you know the material, you're going to walk into that test a lot more confident than if, than if you haven't. When you were at NC State under Chuck Amato, the word swagger actually applied really nicely to some of those outstanding Wolfpack teams. What do you remember about your family's time here in our statewide audience and about, you know, what applied to those teams that maybe you're trying to apply now? What did the Chuck Amato part of your coaching tree contribute to who you are today with the Canes? Well, first, we loved we loved living in, in the Triangle area. I actually spent six years there, which the way this crazy coaching profession is, it's longer than I've lived anywhere. Yeah. Um, two, two of my three sons were born in Raleigh. Um, so, we, you know, my wife has, has you know, two degrees from uh, postgraduate degrees from NC State. Um, so it was, it was a great time. It was great to see uh, a program get built from the ground level because, again, I was a young coach, and all I had seen was I had come in at Florida State when they were really on top of the, the world, and I didn't understand how, what it took to get there. Um, and seeing, you know, to use the first three examples, or first three years as an example of, you know, how we built a program and, and got it to the 2002 team that won 11 games. And, um, you know, and then just all the things it takes to build a program and, and how we were able to build that defense, you know, a couple of years later into the number one defense in the country. Um, and then just the trick was being able to match it up with, with the quarterback, you know, which sometimes that's a part of it. To be honest, it's a little bit what happened to us last year at Miami. We had an outstanding defense and we were very young and had some um, shaky moments on offense. Um, and that's just all part of college football. You know, sometimes it's just hard to get the, get it the timed up right where, you know, you've got a special, uh, you know, you can be special on both sides of the ball. But I thought – I thought Chuck built that that program and the, and the, you know and that that fan base and the way they supported the team is is um, is something we'll always have fond memories of. It's funny, Philip Rivers on the team on one of the teams that you coached or several uh, is an example of one of the greatest true freshman quarterbacks in the history of college football and certainly in our neighborhood. Saturday night in Chapel Hill, you've got true freshman Sam Howell lining up behind center for Mac Brown, your opponent. And I know your guy is a red shirt, but Jaron Williams will be yet another freshman at the most important position on the field. I read, Coach, that you're the first new Miami head coach to choose a freshman as your starting quarterback since 1964. I mean, before even I was alive. What about Jaron made you pick him over more experienced quarterbacks? And how do you assess at this point, you know, his uh, first step, if you will, against the Florida Gators? Well, we were – Dan Enos does a great job. He's our offense coordinator and quarterbacks coach, and he does a great job of, of, of mentoring those guys. And we had a pretty um, steadfast formula for who would be our starting quarterback. And, number one, you had to be able to avoid the critical error. Um, you know, you, you hold the ball on every play. Uh, so you've got a, as easy of a chance to get us beat as anybody else in the stadium on yeah. any given night. So, um, you know, don't burn down the building is number one. <laughs> and then number two, in, in, in this offense – you know, there was an answer for the quarterback in basically every passing concept we have. You just have to understand where to go with the ball. So it really turns into decision-making. Can you solve the riddle on where the ball should go predicated on the coverage? And then secondly, accuracy. Do you have the accuracy to get it there? And then the final element is that you have the ability to perhaps do something maybe a little bit off script, a little bit special, where if things break down um, – you, you're going to go to the, the right guy, but the, the protection breaks down. You can extend a play, keep your eyes down the field, and make something happen. And um, 
all three of the quarterbacks in our competition really elevated their game, and we felt we could have won with all three of them. Jaron just, just, you know, was the best in all of those categories. Then we stuck him into a very hostile environment in Orlando yeah. um, against an outstanding one of the top defensive fronts in all of college football. And Jaron never blinked. I would say Jaron and, and actually, if you look at you know the performance of, of Sam Howell on Saturday, I thought they were very similar. They were both very poised and calm for guys really playing their first college football. So, um, and when the team see, you know, everybody on the football team watches the quarterback on every play. So when all those guys on the sidelines see that your you know your your quarterback is is calm under pressure, that gives everybody a sense of hey, we got we have a chance today. Manny Diaz is joining us. He's the first-year head coach at the University of Miami. Other than Texas A&M's visit to Clemson, I think the Canes at the Tar Heels is one of the more compelling matchups really in all of college football. We're bringing our big tailgate tour. Uh, Coach, that's our version of a bunch of tents and games and goofiness and prizes and stuff. Uh, Not going to be on your radar, but it's uh, our way of celebrating this great matchup on, uh, on Saturday night in Chapel Hill. You were, best I understand, the mastermind of the glitzy turnover chain which now has a new wrinkle I think with the 305 we saw a couple of versions of it man that's some serious bling um is everybody copycatting from you over these last three years I see a turnover towel I see a turnover whiteboard now uh how did that come about and and what makes it special even now that you've uh, graduated to head coach since you guys still have a version of it well, we, we were not the first uh, to have a turnover prop, um, so we, we, can't, we can't claim to have invented that. Um, we certainly have the best one. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't hear any doubt about that. You know, it turn, hey, hey, guess what? It turns out that 18- uh, to 22-year-olds love having thick gold chains around their neck, you know? So, but, we, you know, we weren't even thinking about that. All we wanted was more turnovers in, in 2017. We had, we had a good year in defense in um, 2016. We were – Top 15 in almost every category, we were not good in creating turnovers. So, you know, hey, whatever, whatever, whatever it took, and and uh, and it kind of started from there and took on a life of its own. We did not understand or or foretell the, you know, the sort of impact it would have with our fan base and and nationally. Um, but once it kind of picked up momentum, it has become a thing, and it and then it, it had an offspring this past year. We've got. We've got our touchdown rings for the offense because when I became the head coach, those guys started looking at me with, you know, these little baby eyes like, Coach, what about us? You know, we're your, <laughs> we're your players too. So we had to come up with something. The chain's the chain. The chain will always be for the defense. But now that now our guys on offense, they have something uh, to give them incentive to get that ball across the goal line. I've known Mac Brown, coach, since 1987, and I've always described him as a master of relationships. So we had him on our show yesterday. And I said, how do you deal with a relationship when you not only had to let Manny Diaz, this week's opponent, go during your time together at Texas. You actually let him go in the month of September, which just sounds, you know, 10 times more painful. And he said he's gotten to know your family a little bit. He covered you during his years at ESPN. He considers you a friend. And you just turn the page and move on. You know, meanwhile, you could guess this. Miami football fans are like, man, if Coach Diaz has a chance to run it up against the Tar Heels, he's going to remember what happened six years ago. How do you view that personal aspect? aspect of this uh, business trip on Saturday night well I think Mac is right first of all is that you know just over time and we you know again we've crossed paths on multiple occasions and you know and and text back and forth so you know I, I think that I think that personal relationship is is there and, and is intact but you know it's very similar you know last last week we played you know we played Florida and you know Dan Mullen who I've worked for twice and you know, once the game starts, you're really not cognizant of who's on the other sideline, yeah. and and no one is coming to the stadium to watch the coaches coach. You know, they're all, everybody's coming to watch the players play, and 
you know, ultimately those will be the guys that will decide it. So I'm sure he's got his hand full trying to get them to, to play better than they played a week ago, despite the fact they won. And we have our hands full trying to get our guys to play better than we did uh, against Florida. Last thing for you, uh, you mentioned Sam Howell, the quarterback, but what else, anything else, either side of the ball, what jumped out at you on video about the Tar Heels and their win over the Gamecocks in Charlotte? Well, a lot of what we've already known. I mean, we, we've always had a lot of respect for their running backs. You know, uh, they did a great job in the running game and, and, and blocked things up very well. Um, defensively, they played very fast defensively. They've got a really good coaching staff and, and all these things that we knew. And I think the thing that they will be most proud of, and, and you can just listen to the quotes coming out, is just when you come in as a first-year coach and a first-year staff, you're really just trying to change the mentality and the mindset and the culture um, because those things make schemes better. Right, and and it, it's easy to point to the plays that people run, but the belief that the players have um, that something good is about to happen, and I think that's when you're able to come from behind against a team like South Carolina. I think that's I think that's more telling into the into a little bit of the look inside of the culture of the program, and you want to know that it's real because every new first year head coach is always going to say, well, you know, we're going to be better because of X, Y, and Z, but you got to get out there on the grass and you got to you have to make it real. So I think that's the thing that really stood out. Um, and that's the thing about college football. It's a new year every year. Uh, we, you know, we like to think that there's, we all have recency bias, um, but we're, there's always surprises every year. So um, it's, you know, no, no one is, no one is, no one is going to this game with the sins of 2018, you know, on their back. It's, it's a new week and it's a new, it's a new season. I have no idea how well 45-year-old Manny Diaz dances in the locker room or otherwise, but what did you think of the 68-year-old Mac Brown's viral dance uh, in Charlotte? Did you happen to catch it? Maybe I've already seen him dance. Maybe that's maybe true. Behind closed, maybe behind closed doors, you know, at Texas. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. Hey, look, it's, I, I know this, and, and, and it's hard to win. Yeah. And and wins wins should be celebrated. And uh, so it's it's you know, I think it's 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 fun for everybody. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate your time on the David Glenn Show. Good luck on your trip to Chapel Hill. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Manny Diaz, first-year head coach of the Miami Hurricanes, son of the former mayor of Miami helped Chuck Amato build that really outstanding program. That 11-win campaign that he referenced there is the winningest season in the history of Wolfpack football. Manny Diaz was a part of that, and as he said, it wasn't just like a cup of coffee. If you're with a coach for five or six years, that's it's crazy to say that, right? But he lived in Raleigh longer than he's lived in Miami. Coordinator for three years, head coach for one. You, you got to be there a couple more years just to reach the six years, I think it was, that he spent uh, on Chuck's staff in Raleigh at NC State. The turnover chain lives on, but Manny Diaz is wearing a different hat, if you will, nowadays. The first-year head coach. Weird story in the offseason. Mark Richt retired at an unusual time. Temple hired Manny Diaz as its head coach. Jeff Collins, the new head coach at Georgia Tech, he was hired away by the Yellow Jackets from the Temple Owls. So Temple has a vacancy. Miami still had Mark Richt at that moment. Manny Diaz said yes to be a head coach for the first time, but at Temple. So he's there for a couple weeks. Like, you're talking about building a staff. You're talking to the recruits that Jeff Collins' staff had. You're trying to add late to your recruiting hall for the upcoming season. And then... Mark Richt surprises UM officials and his former defensive coordinator, Manny Diaz. If Manny Diaz felt that might be coming, I have a feeling he might have waited around a little longer. So he's the Temple head coach. Like, you move into your office. I forget the exact amount of time, but it was more than a couple weeks. 
and then Mark Richt drops his offseason bombshell, and then Miami says, you know what, Manny is probably the best guy for this job. Players are threatening to transfer. They know Manny. He was going to be a head coach anyway. Why not give him the chance here in Carl Gables instead of up there in Philadelphia at Temple? So Manny Diaz essentially has to undo everything. I don't know how far the family got into moving, but he had to undo and move back to Miami. And here he is. It was not a great opener against number eight Florida, but they were competitive against the Gators. It came down to a single possession. And even with that defeat, remember, that's a non-conference game, so it certainly does not provide any kind of hurdle for the Canes as they try to get back to the ACC title game. They did get there under Mark Richt, remember? Uh, one of those years that Coach Richt was there, they played the Tigers, got crushed, if I remember correctly, lost to Clemson in that ACC title game. But that's where the bar is set for Manny Diaz. In the long run, try to find a sixth national championship at a five-time national champion program. In the shorter run, be the best in the Coastal Division. And, you know, the votes were mostly split between Virginia and Miami, so it's not like Mac Brown's the only guy who sees the Hurricanes as the second most talented team in the ACC this year behind only the number one in the polls, Clemson Tigers. Appreciate Coach Diaz dropping by. It's NFL Picks Challenge Day. Mark Richt is going to be with us in about 25 minutes. 1-800-849-2761. You can be next by phone. Super Bowl winner, loser, and score as a tiebreaker. Panthers regular season record and the third leg of the tripod give us a surprise team in this year's NFL with the regular season beginning tomorrow night in that level. Don't give us Chiefs, Patriots, Chargers, Saints, Eagles, or Rams. They're the favorites, according to Las Vegas. Give us any of the other 26 teams. Which of those will have the best season this coming campaign? Give us those three things. Super Bowl winner, loser, and score. Panthers regular season record and the surprise team from outside that top six. And you can take home more than $1,000 in our once a year and only once a year NFL picks challenge grand prize. 1-800-849-2761. We'll come back to your calls on the other side. We look forward to Mark Richt now with the ACC Network as part of our third hour. We'll drop in college football questions and answers to what team at that level made, your, made you change your opinion the most for better or for worse versus what you thought about Team X back in, say, mid-August. More of my answers to that question with more of yours. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can join us on The David Glenn Show. The great difference between sport and capital E Entertainment and capital S Sport is that we don't know the outcome. And that feeling of uncertainty, positively or negatively, is unique. We are quoting Bob Ryan the way I would quote, you know, Aristotle or Confucius. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Let's give Lance and Hillsborough a chance to be this year's NFL Picks Challenge Grand Prize winner. Lance, you know the deal. Give us your Super Bowl matchup, your Panthers regular season record, and your surprise team in the NFL. You can pick anybody not named the Chiefs, Patriots, Chargers, Saints, Eagles, or Rams as your surprise team. We wish you well in the 2019 Picks Challenge. Go right ahead. All right. Thank you, Dave. Sure. I'm going to go with a replay of Super Bowl number four. Kansas City, Minnesota. All right. With Kansas City winning 31-21. I'm glad he specified that because off the top of my head, I wasn't sure I could give you Super Bowl 24 redo. Good work, Lance. What else do you have? Okay, we're going to go with the Panthers. A disappointing 6-10. and 10. Okay. And my surprise pick will be Minnesota. 
Okay, and to back up a little bit, I'm chronicling this, so I don't want to mess up anybody's grand prize. You had the Vikings or the Chiefs winning 31-24? I have the Chiefs winning 31-21. Got it. You said it correctly. I just have to make sure that I write it down correctly. Thank you for listening and for playing. We'll get to more calls to start our number three. College football question. What team at that level made you change your opinion the most, for better or for worse? through week zero and week one. For some, the answer is the Tar Heels. For others, the Seminoles. Uh, Oklahoma certainly looked even better than I thought with Jalen Hurts at the controls in week one. More of your answers to those questions, more of mine, and more on the NFL Picks Challenge. 1-800-849-2761. Next. You like college football? It's Taj Boyd. Taj, how are you? Welcome I'm to the good. show. I'm good. Dave, man, I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm excited to be here, man. I'm excited for the question that you're going to ask. Mark Richt of Georgia, please stop taking our best high school football players, but otherwise, thank you for the visit. Last thing for Virginia Tech coach Frank Beamer. So do we. The David Glenn Show. Thanks, David. Appreciate it a lot. You got it.